0: You are now listening to The Moon Child. It is January 29th. We're almost done with the first month of the new year. It's 2.45 on a nice gloomy day. And oh my gosh, the weather has been freaking terrible lately in Sacramento. Worse than I ever experienced. It just proves to me every day about my privilege of experiencing Bay Area weather for 20 years. Yeah, the wind gust was like at 68 miles per hour like two days ago, and it was just storming, storming, storming all night. Blackouts everywhere, no power. And it was just like this greenish lightning that I was experiencing, so it was pretty crazy. Um, I've been had these two days of work. I'm really liking work right now, um, even though it's just that fire wings, but honestly, it's the only social life that I'm getting right now. Um, during these times it's hard to link up with people I'm taking this semester off not really seeing people like that on day-to-day basis and when you're in a food job you have to communicate with people and you build good bonds with people and I have fun doing so I have fun not having to you know I don't like communicating with people on the phone all the time or being on Instagram social media all the time I like I really value meeting with people in person or just getting a chance to see people and talk and, and all that good stuff. So that's what work has been kind of me giving me a opportunity to do. I was able to talk to my boy Henry. And funny thing about Henry. I sent him episodes. My roommate from college. I sent him episodes because he's 16 hours away. And he, his country doesn't have this app. So I downloaded it on a Google Drive. And I sent it to him personally. And, you know, I just talking to him today earlier this morning how how much of an impact he'd been on my life when I tell you about this guy he's just so positive and that's kind of how I started this year off with especially going into my job like for an example when I go into my job I just try to go in there with the best attitude because it doesn't cost nothing and it's only going to help myself if I go into work saying oh shit I don't feel like working today it's going to be a long day it's going to be a long shitting day you know, a long shitty day. And I don't want to go into work feeling like that. When I go in with a good attitude, go in with some optimism and show more gratitude, it really works out. So I hope, you know, if you are down in a rough patch right now, appreciate what you do have um, more than what you don't have. I truly believe that this year <laughs> can't be worse than last year. Knocking of wood, of course, but I just don't think so. And Hopefully I don't jinx it, but as I said before, we're in full control of ourselves um, to the things that we could control. And there's so much that you do have that you realize compared to what you don't have. And I think it's, it's, it's better to just show light on the things that you do have. You know, I'm very grateful for the friends I have, very fr- grateful for me to have a place to stay right now. And I'm just grateful to be the person I am. Um, I'm just enjoying this journey with my podcast, with my work right now, um, hopefully with school when it comes back, my career. I'm just enjoying the ride right now. I'm only 20 years old and I think there's a lot of life to live. And I'm not in no rush. I'm not in no competition. I feel at ease with myself. So that's the type of mindset that I've hoped to develop. I don't have everything figured out right now. And it's okay not to, um, but being appreciative and gratitude—that's something that I can contribute to my life every day. So that's a little opening optimism for y'all. And today I want to talk about um, because, as you know, I am a geek when it comes to sports. I'm just a geek. I love. I have never been a fidgety kid. I just love watching. Um, I love to watch, and I like to do history on the things that I'm interested in. And as you know, I'm very interested in basketball, and I think today is going to revolve about respecting the game and of basketball and the evolution of it. And the first thing I want to talk about is, like, the most influential players in the game of basketball, and I was thinking about this, you know. i just been seeing a lot of things, little things on Twitter, um, and just... How Bron fans, LeBron fans get me so frustrated. Not that they don't really get me frustrated, but they just speak so much nonsense. And not the things what they say gets me frustrated about LeBron. You love LeBron. You have an admiration for LeBron. That's fine. But there's no reason to disrespect past generations that put LeBron in a position that he's in right now. LeBron's a top five influential player of this game, but that's what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about the most influential players of the game of basketball and why? Kind of want to start off, and I'm gonna go one through six. I wanted to make it five, but the guy I have at six, I just I felt like I need to add in there. So I'm gonna go from six to one. Okay, and let's talk about how some you know the greats of this game that's still playing today really impacted the game on and kind of off the court, on the court and off the court, and. Who I have at number six. I hate it I I only reason I made six because I couldn't I didn't I didn't feel right just not be able to talk to him talk about him. And that's Kareem, who I think is the greatest player of all time. Um I will get into that next. But if you think about Kareem Abdul Jabbar, he's the model of longevity. you look at the era that he played in where basketball as a sport was just on the, the trending going upwards. Playing on championship teams. Um, but also his impact off the court. In the era he came in. During the civil rights movement. During the 70's and then the 80's. Just everything about the dude. Uh, culturally. And he changed his name. Um, did different religious practices. Uh, he used to be Al Cinder. Oh shit that's a big B. Used to be Al, C- um, Al Cinder. Lucinder. Yeah, Lucinder and um, just huge, huge impact on and off the court. And like I said, he's the model of longevity, 22 straight years. And he played over 60, at least over 60 games in all those years. So we all know about Kareem, his impact being probably one of the um, he's also one of the first, you know, big NBA superstars. But he wasn't, he wasn't promoting himself as a superstar. He was kind of a different guy where he just did things his way. He wasn't all in media. He didn't really talk to the media like that. So you can say he was one of the first guys that was kind of against the media and that was kind of pushing for more player empowerment. So I have a lot of, a lot of love, Kareem. Uh, we all know what he's about. So I have him as the sixth most influential. And also with basketball accolades, longevity, and by the numbers and the stats and the rings, I consider him the greatest of all time. We'll get in that later. But fifth most influential player in the game of basketball. I gotta, And I had to split these two um, for two different reasons, but they're both influential for the same reason. That's Hakeem Olajuwon and Dirk Nowitzki. Now, if you hear those two names, I think you know where I'm trying to get at to. And that is the international global impact. I think Hakeem Olajuwon, we all know, is the first. He's Nigerian. He was the first real um, international star, like MVP type player um, that reached the surface of the NBA. Dominant. He was drafted over Jordan. He came out here in the US I think when he was in high school or college went to Houston but the international impact when when if you're in Nigeria or other countries seeing a guy dominate the game the way he did argues arguably uh, the best center of his time best center in the 90s you can argue that he's the best center mm, uh, of the 80s you know if you comparing him to Kareem while Kareem is old but um he definitely had an impact on a global game from being Nigeria and he was definitely the first dominant international prospect that the NBA has seen. And then you go to Dirk, Dirk impacted the way in two different ways. So Dirk is Dirk is actually coming from Europe. He never played college basketball. He was straight international prospect and his impact definitely impacted like the Lucas, the Porzingis for sure. Um, all these seven-foot stretch fours that you're seeing come from Europe, that's the, that's the Dirk impact. Um, so that's another global international impact. But another thing that Dirk has impacted is how we look at a seven-footer and how we look at taller guys with skill. Now, that's going to evolutionize. And I think KD, as time will go, KD will become more impactful in this but I think he probably impacted KD, so that's why I have Dirk right here, as being a tall guy who has skill and who can shoot, because we all know how the game was, you know, originally when it was invented, you know, it wasn't about shooting the ball, or if you're big, you just gotta get inside, and he definitely revolutionized that, he got a ring, um, he beat the big three, he was able to bring a ring to Dallas, so... Dirk definitely a top five most influential player of the game, definitely because of global impact. Number four, I think this one's easy. Um, I got Bill Russell. I got Bill Russell, eleven rings. Not only on top of the eleven rings, he wasn't the best player in his generation. That was Wilt Chamberlain, but his inspiration as a as a leader on and off the court. During the times that he was in. Where he was, where his own fans didn't even appreciate him. His own fans didn't even appreciate him because of his skin color. So he was playing an incredibly tough time just for him as a human being. Also winning 11 championships. I don't care what level you're in. Even those 8, 9 teams. I don't care what level. He's still playing against grown men that are just as strong as him. And he made a big impact. He's not, He was just a great player. Plus he had to guard a guy like Wilt Chamberlain. Bill Russell, 6'9". Will Chamberlain, 7 foot. He was the anchor to that defense that stopped great players like Wilt Chamberlain. Um, but yeah, also the social justice movement with Muhammad Ali, Jim Brown. All that stuff that was going on back in the day, we all know. And he's just the pioneer of the game. He's one of the true pioneers, one of the founding fathers, I would say, just of this game. That you got to have on the Mount Rushmore. So... Respect to Bill Russell. And also, about Bill Russell, Kareem. They're playing in Converse, man. They're playing in Converse. Hardwood floors. Taking buses, like... The same way you get to your AAU games, that's the how they're getting to NBA games. Okay, so it's a different time. Completely different time. While the game of basketball itself was fairly new. Newly invented. So... That's one thing we got to, you know, take in consideration as well. Now, number 3. I hope I don't piss people off, but I have LeBron James as number 3. Um LeBron's impact is is, is great. It's <laughs> it's huge. And I would say it his impact on of the game of basketball. He had, I don't think his he changed or influence the game of basketball itself on the court but he definitely has a large impact off the court and with two things yeah okay he he built a school he has plenty of fundraisers yeah but i think the thing that's actually bigger than that well there's nothing i'm not saying bigger than that but i would say bigger influence because he has the money and power to do things like that i wish more people with the money and power could do the same things as lebron but the biggest impact that he has that maybe a lot of people don't agree Um, actually a lot of people don't like the what his impact is in a way I think is a great impact um, as far as you know if you're if you're a player you know if you're taking the perspective of a player it's a huge impact and LeBron's impact on player empowerment has changed the way we how they carry themselves on top of media you know on top of media taking over a lot of things now but um, his way of how he made that decision to Miami how He put his career in his own hands instead of the organization's hands or the owner's hands. He really pushed player empowerment. Now you're seeing more players have these podcasts, start these medias for themselves so they can tell their story and what they do off the court. And they can tell their side. Instead of the media controlling every narrative of the players that we watch, they're able to create their own narrative. And LeBron has created that for athletes in for the future decades now um players are able to tell their stories and create a narrative about themselves without the um without the media making up lies that's why i mean like when i'm doing these podcasts i'm talking about players i don't like talking about their personal lives or stuff like that unless they document it because i like like to critique the game i'm a fan of the game i don't believe in like with the whole Kyrie situation you i told y'all i don't know him personally as a person but if his teammates and his coach is good with them, that's all that matters. Because we can't just ju- over oh, here judge people. Pe- we can't just judge people when we don't know them. And because of LeBron, he, he created that empowerment for for athletes all over the world. So that's that's his influence of the game on top of everything he does off the court and being a leader in society. And on top of that. He gone he against all the expectations. This is something I will always have the most, utmost respect for him about. He go against all the expectations. He lived up to all of it. And he has no stain on his career. Not one. You can talk about basketball wise. There's some stains. But as far as a person, there's no stain. He never cheated. He never quit. He never, he never did anything illegal. He never cheated on his wife or nothing like that. You know? He did things the right way, and he, he's he been a great role model, role model to people, so you can't second doubt that. Number two, and this one's kind of you know hits home a little bit, Steph Curry is the second most influential player. Um, by the way, I want to have at seven after Kareem, I want to have AI, I want to give a nice honorable mention to Allen Iverson, um, he changed the way how you can perceive yourself before him, you could, just have to wear a suit and tie. He definitely influenced uh, self-expression. And he also influenced for small players like myself that you can do anything with just heart and pride and something. So that's the honorable mention to AI. But because that was like in a five-year span and not a whole career span of influence, that's why I have him outside of it. But AI deserves an honorable mention. But going back to Curry. Curry's influence on the game Being a skinny kid Just a regular You know Player skinny Um His three point shot Completely changed the way That the game of basketball is played And When you change the way That the game is played That's (laughs) the, The game of basketball Is completely different Because of him People are Kids are modeling their game After this guy Um Teams are constructing their teams around him. You're seeing shooters get paid 15 to 20 Duncan Robinson, he's gonna get paid 15 to 20 million this year because of his shooting ability. He's changed the game from just the inside where give it to the big man. Well, Jordan changed that. I'm gonna get into him next, but he he's brought it to a whole new dynamic. Where you giving a lot of guys who are not physically or athletically gifted to succeed in today's NBA? I don't think people really understand that. You're seeing a lot more. If you look at the guys as becoming successful in today's league, it doesn't really not all of them is really athletic. They know how to play the game, but they can also space the floor. And everything's about a lot of things is about spacing these days. If you can shoot the if you can shoot the three point shot, if you can shoot the three point shot anybody and everybody's gonna want you on your team it's like it's just as valuable as defense now which is which is crazy so we all know the impact of steph curry the game of basketball and the landscape of basketball has completely changed because of him he's having his own brand and he's created a million generation of fans that look up to this guy and he's another guy where he has no stain on his career he's been loyal to one franchise He hasn't cheated on his wife. He hasn't got arrested for nothing. He's been good to the community. So, Steph Curry is a guy that completely changed the game of basketball. And you can only say, I can't even, Jordan changed the way, he changed basketball a little bit. But he did not change it the way Steph Curry. Steph Curry completely changed the game of basketball. And you can't say that about nobody else. Nobody. You can have like a little philosophy no you know you have little philosophies that differentiate stuff like that Steph Curry changed the game of basketball that's his impact and that's influential now number one obviously Jordan quote-unquote goat and we I think it's you know I haven't heard nobody Fight or kill even over a pair of LeBrons, a pair of Kobe's, Curry's. Jordan was a different breed. He was like the very first global superstar that the game has seen. Dominated an era. Um, he inspired a lot of international players because of that '92 Dream Team. You've seen a lot more international players pile up after '92. After '92, when they got the when that, when that Olympics was in Barcelona. Let's see, Michael Jordan, everybody around that time wanted to be like Mike. He brought sneaker culture to a whole new dimension. And and as, as far as his change to the game, he came in the era where it was heavily dominated by big men. He was the first guard to be the guy that would lead him to a championship. First, like, 6'6 six, six guard that really led a team to a championship, to a dynasty, at least. Led into a true dynasty. You can say that by Isaiah Thomas as well, but it was nowhere near what Jordan did. So, I think Jordan, you know, he's definitely the most influential player. Um, he has his own brand. He's taken over, pretty much taken over a lot of different things, competitive. But the impact on Jordan is just, you have grown men, like, people idolized him like no other no other everybody and he did in the era where technology was kind of take was also taking off and like you know evolutionizing if that's a word <laughs> but the impact of jordan i think that's already uh, there's no really need to explain too much on that because it's michael jordan it's the goat when it comes to marketing and ex- brand he changed all of that sneaker culture it, it, it came from him so that's what i say is the most influential players of in the game and i just hopefully to talk about that just to appreciate what we were able to watch over these years instead of having a debate on who's better and stuff like that and that's why i want to get into like the greatest player of all time debates now i just said i was thinking about like okay well i think kareem is the The best one of all time. You talking about everything. And if I was to have anybody on my team. In their prime. I would say Kareem. He can do all. Um, There's not one single. There's only one season where he was 50. He was under 50% from the field. And that was his last season at age 42. Um, But he's 7'2". He can run. He's unstoppable in the post. One of the greatest defenders of all time. Unselfish. He can play in any era any era 7-2 mobile have you not seen him fight Bruce Lee have you not but if we're talking about the greatest player of all time we got to put things in perspective on I think when you talk about the greatest player of all time I think you just got to go by decades or eras you have to go by decades or eras and let's just take a look let's take a look how things have transpired so we look at the 60s. Now there's a guy where he was the best player. Um, where you got the guy who uh, who's the most talented player. And then you got the guy who's the best player. And that's that Bill Russell, Will Chamberlain era. Will Chamberlain was far more talented than Bill Russell. But Bill Russell's the one with the rings. He was the leader. He was also a player coach. So we're going to go by 60s. That's Bill Russell. That's Bill Russell's era. He was the best player at that time. Now, when you jump to 70s, it, it um, that's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's era. He wasn't necessarily winning the most ring, but he was the best player. And there was no dynasty in the 70s. 70s is an interesting time in the NBA. It was actually on the decline um, because Kareem was the star and he wasn't interested in media. He wasn't necessary, necessarily growing the game as he could have been because he was an individual guy. He did his own thing. He made movies and stuff. He um, practiced his religious beliefs. He did things off the court. And he was, I guess you can call him political. He did things his own way. And he wasn't wasn't necessarily like being marketable. And he did things his way, which I totally respect. (laughs) But then you look at the 70s. That was Kareem's era. He was the best player by far in that era. Then you go in the 80s. Which Kareem was still dominant, but he wasn't the best. And then you got that m- Magic-Bird era. I think they're a fair equal. You can't really say one is better than the other. Um, so, though we already know the 80s. That's both of their eras. Mind you, Jordan was playing an era, but he wasn't over Michael Jordan and Bird. I mean, he wasn't over Bird and Magic. And then, now you got the 90s. Michael Jordan's era. By far. It was by far his era and that's the two, that's the difference between Michael Jordan, Kareem, I feel like where when it was their era, there was nobody close to them in the stratosphere in the 90s or the 2 or or in the um, 70s. Now you jump to the 2000s, just 2000s. And this era has a this is probably the most competitive era of basketball from 2000 to 2010. Things can fluctuate in different ways. So you got three players and that comes in my mind. You got Shaquille O'Neal, Kobe Bryant, and Tim Duncan. Um, me personally, I say Kobe Bryant is the greatest player of the 2000s. Um, most rings, I feel like the most talented player as well. He had no weaknesses in his game, and I think Tim Duncan was a close second. Um, Shaq played a lot of his career in the 90s as well, but he was very dominant those first three years of the two thousands, and he had four rings in the two thousands. In the two thousands, so if I was to pick, I would have Kobe, Tim Duncan, then Shaq. Um, but that speaks for itself. Tim Duncan being the greatest power forward of all time, Kobe being the second greatest shooting guard of all time, behind the greatest player, one of the greatest players of all time. Then you got Shaq as well, the most dominant player of all time. But I'd say that would be Kobe's era. You got five. You got five of them. Um, got five of them rings. And I think he's most talented. And that's his era. So, but you wouldn't put them in the same GOAT conversation as Jordan and Kareem. Now, we reach the 2010s. And I think there's not enough respect to Steph Curry in this argument. Because Steph Curry has three rings, man. LeBron has four. I don't want to just make it into rings, but we're talking about impact as well. Steph Curry changed the way the game the game of basketball is played. Now, and it comes to those things where LeBron is the most talented player of the 2010s. Hands down. Nine straight finals. Okay, this, that's, <laughs> he went to nine straight finals. Eight or eight straight finals. See, I can't even lose count. I lost count. I lost count. Nine straight finals. So, yeah, that's impressive, but my thing where I hold LeBron accountable at is, okay, yeah, I'm not going to hold him super against where it's like, oh, you know, 2017 through 2018, those two finals losses, I don't really count those, you know. The Warriors were supposed to win, yada, yada, yada. Let's go, let's recap that 2016 finals, though. Obviously, the greatest comeback of all time. Yeah, and, and the Warriors were on pace to becoming the greatest team of all time. But it's not, when you look back at it, you know, you put things in perspective. What made that win so great is because they were down 3-1. It could have been a competitive series. Those teams matched up very well. Now, when you think of the Warriors at that time, Steph Curry was the best player. Clay Thompson, um, Clay Thompson was the second best player. And then you had Draymond. And then you had an Andre Iguodala, Harrison Barnes, Festus Azili, Leandro Barbosa, Sean Livingston. Now, unless somebody can tell me how successful those guys were on other teams, then I would probably consider them the the greatest team of all time, even, even if they won that. But, like, they weren't. They benefited off of playing with Steph, Clay, and Draymond. And here to here with, with Andre Godala. And they also had Bogut. But as far as like, they weren't no 2017 2018 Warriors where like we didn't have the Warriors becoming like projected to win 70 games that season. Like they, oh, we got to remember that they were an overachieving team. They really were. They were an overachieving team as well. But that's how great Steph Curry was. That's how great Klay Thompson was because of their shooting ability. And that's how great Draymond was. But then you look at the Cavs team. The Cavs had LeBron James, the most talented player. They had the most p- talented player on the court. Then you had Kyrie Irving, probably the most skilled player on the court. You had Kevin Love, Tristan Thompson. You had J.R. Smith, Iman Schumpert, Richard Jefferson. Um... else was on that damn team yeah Channing Frye those teams matched up pretty well so so like what's crazy so like we're like okay yeah LeBron had to like you know he was the only one to come back from a 3-1 but like are we gonna say like that's the greatest team he beat? because he played a better team in that KD Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond scene that's that's a better team skill-wise they were such a good team together so I want not so like when you and the reason they were so good is because of Curry so I can't put LeBron like he's way above Curry I think they're pretty much on the same level and I know you hate to hear that but they are on the same level the first five years of the 2010s was LeBron but then the last five years was the impact of Steph Curry Steph Curry made KD a better player Steph Curry made Klay Thompson a better player Steph Curry made Draymond a better player five straight finals. You know what I'm saying? And the thing is none of them got three peats either. So where and like if I'm going back to where I hold LeBron accountable is where he went to the Heat. He had four seasons with the Heat. And he went two out of four. I need to see at least a three peat for me to, you know, call him like the like to put him on Jordan and Kareem's level. I need to see a three peat or something. You know, I got to see true dominance. If you have the most talented roster, I got to see a 3 P. And that's where the Warriors failed as well. But theirs was more because of injury, I would say, compared to the Heat, where they didn't do good against the Mavericks, and they didn't do get good against the Spurs. And you can argue that they got lucky against the Spurs in 2013. So, you know, um, but I would still give LeBron that edge over Curry, but Curry's not too far off. I mean, if, you, if Curry find a way to get two more rings it's, it can be a different conversation so if i was to rank them all you know you look by decade and as far as decade jordan had the best decade where he ruled it the best where he where he like was far best the best player and then you have kareem where in kareem is different because he was by far the best player in the 70s but he didn't get no rings but then well, naturally, no, he got one ring in the 70s with the Bucks, But then he got five rings in a different era, which I feel like is great because he was doing old, at age 35 to 42 in the 80s with Magic. And I haven't seen Magic Johnson win a single ring without Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So, you know, you put that in perspective. So I would have Jordan number one. You know, by far, if you look at this era and dominance, Jordan has the most dominant era by far. He literally won two three-peats. People got to wreck like, if you had Twitter in those days, winning two three-peats is unheard of. He literally leaves the game. It's like, yes, my team actually has a chance. And then he comes back. He comes back later in the season, loses, but then comes back for vengeance and wins three more in a row. That's unheard of with two different squads. He had Pippen, but he had Pippen, Horace Grant, John Paxton the first three years. Then he had Pippen and Rodman and Kerr the last three. It's still two different squads though, and I, I, I you know, that's just that's just amazing. And then you got Kareem doing it as such old man playing in two different eras, like where basketball didn't even have a three point line, and then he played in basketball where it did have a three point line. So the for him to adjust like that. And then, you know, I put three at, I'll put number three. I would have to put, you know, nobody wants to credit Bill Russell for his era. So I guess I would have to put LeBron because of his overall achievements. And then I would have to put Bill Russell. Then i will have to put Kobe, Tim Duncan, Curry. So many different players, though. So many different players that you can talk about. But I guess the main three, as far as a GOAT conversation, it comes to three. It comes to three people as be, becoming the overall GOAT. It comes to LeBron, Kareem, and Jordan. And I think the point I've been making and saying for a while: let LeBron's career finish, because if he gets this two, if he gets this two peat, like if he gets back to back with this Lakers team, age thirty six, it's gonna be hard to argue that he's not the greatest of all time because he has all the accolades. So, but as far as right now, I can't put him over those two. You can argue and be like, okay, when it's said and done, um, when it's said and done, LeBron will be the greatest of all the time, and that's fine. But to complete disrespect these other errors and complain about why LeBron's the goat. That's what I'm not with. We got to start showing more respect to the past. Like I said, these guys back in Bill Russell's days and Kareem's days, they're playing in Converse, dude. They don't have none of the technology that we have. So going 22 years, where if you have an injury or something like that, that can fuck everything up. Back then, the ACL injury wasn't nine-month recovery. It's just you're done. So we got to take, you know, they're the ones who paved the way. You got to kind of show respect. And I feel like the older heads, you know, old heads, they have to show respect to evolution. You know, there's evolution. Guys are more skilled in today's game. But with it being more skilled in today's game, I have one problem and it's that rule change in 2004 I don't know how y'all feel about defense in today's day but I'm not they got to do some type of adjustments because players are so skilled these days they find out all the nuances and a guy that's a perfect example is James Harden he found a way to and he funny thing about James Harden he's on the Brooklyn Nets now he's just becoming a straight playmaker now isn't it amazing how he can just change up his game like that It's it's just crazy but he was able to average 35 points in his league. Um, now, I'm not one of those people, like, if you had guys back then, um, they would be averaging 40. Nobody's averaging 40 or 50 in today's league. That's not... That's only in the Wilt Chamberlain era. I don't care. Like, Jordan... I think Jordan would be, be able to put 35, but not no, 40 a game. He would definitely be able to put 35 a game, right? Kareem, I think he will be able to put 33 a game. But that's because they... When you when they're able to score that many points, they're they're where they're coming from. They're, when you're able to score that many points, like Jordan and Kareem during the hand check era, that's why they have that claim. So like the hand check era stopped in two thousand four, and if anybody know that when you play basketball, you just ever play basketball outside in the park and stuff, where you're able to have your hands on somebody, that gives them much more of an advantage to a defender. Now you can't really touch them, but like if you're playing high school and college, okay, fine, you can't touch them. It's still easier to defend, but you're playing against the best, most skilled players in the world, and now they have all—they already have all these moves, and then you can't even touch them a little bit. I think they gotta do something about that. I understand, but like seeing the scoring go over 110, like where you don't even see basketball games under 100 points no more. It's tough. You gotta give some. You gotta give the defense some type of advantage, but. They turn it and is it's turning into a make or miss league. That's what it is right now. I hope they can make some type of adjustment. I think my biggest irritation is the um, certain fouls that's called, and it's, it's these two particular ones. It's this fucking three point fouls. That's just been that shit that and the shit that Trey Young been doing. The shit that Trey Young has been doing with the back push and just the drawing the three point fouls is it, getting ridiculous. And then also the screen fouls. Like my goodness. Some of these screens only be illegal. Like it's it's starting to get out of hand a little bit. It's starting to get out of hand a little bit. So I think we gotta protect, give a little bit more of an advantage to defenders, just a little bit. Um, it's definitely too ticky tack. You can't. You just virtually can't expect anybody to guard some of these guys. And you're seeing so many guys in today's NBA just this season. You know how many players there are. Scoring more than twenty five points, I think there's more than ten players scoring more than twenty five points per game. That's insane! Like, that's really insane. So it's, it's like there's so many stars now because everybody's able to put so many good numbers. We gotta like, it's hard to differentiate who's a great player anymore because everybody's able to put up thirty now. So I hope they can change that a little bit. But I just wanted to put that in perspective. From guys back then that did play in the hand check era, where they're still able to get thirty and without shooting threes as well. So, showing respect to the past, but past also needs to understand evolution. So I just want to put that out there. And yeah, last thing I want to talk about is just for a brief moment before I end this is, don't think I didn't forget, but the Kings are on a two game win streak. We had a week off because of those post postponed games versus the grizzlies but now we got a tough back to back we got the raptors tonight and then we got the miami heat tomorrow but the miami heat has been injured and going through a lot of problems they're saying that they're not going to make the playoffs i think that's baloney uh, i think the miami heat will be just fine as the second half of the season gets underway and stuff they're going to they're a good team well coached good organization they'll find a way but as far as the kings buddy hill has been hot and I will say this: the Kings win eighty percent of their games when Buddy Hill shows that he's Buddy Hill. But hey, I'm all for it if Buddy Hill playing good. That doesn't change my mind that I want to trade him. I'm ready for the Tyrese show. And if if Buddy Hill can ball out, up his value, and we can get something good return and get it big, I'm all for it. Bagley has been improving on defense. He's been showing more pride. He's been easily getting these double doubles, which I known he always can do. If he's showing more pride on defense, that's what we need. He's not Luka, but he can be a very valuable piece to hopefully a championship team in the future. And we got to get Fox to the playoffs before he turns 25. He's only 23, so I'm really liking the Kings' future. I don't really say that often, but the King, the future's looking bright. And we got a good GM, so uh, I'm excited to see how this Kings' season transpires. I'm going to keep you all updated, of course. And, yeah, I'm going to end it at here. I'm going to end it here. So, talked about the most influential players. Talked about respecting the game. And got to get ready for some Kings basketball. Starts in uh, two hours. Oh, actually, no. It starts in an hour, 4.30, because they play in the Eastern. They play in the Eastern time zone. So, yeah, I'm going to keep coming at y'all with these episodes, man. And... We'll see what we have in the future, so peace.